This faith and finance podcast is underwritten in part by One Ascent. God has created every single person and every square inch with immeasurable dignity. And every day, businesses impact these people and places in powerful ways, either causing them harm or helping them flourish. Our trusted sponsor, One Ascent, exists to help investors consider who a business impacts and how they're impacted. More than likely, your values inspire why you invest, whether it's to provide for your family, put your kids through college, or prepare for the next stage of life. One Ascent believes your values can also inspire how you invest by directing your investment capital into companies that positively impact the world. Whether you invest on your own or work with an advisor, One Ascent's comprehensive values-aligned solutions seek to help you do well by doing good. To explore a new way of investing that aligns with your values, visit oneascent.com. Click on Analyze My Investments on the homepage to tailor your portfolio to what truly matters to you. Getting a college degree can increase your lifetime earnings substantially, but even better if someone else is paying for it. I am Rob West. I'm talking about scholarships, of course. Every year, public and private institutions dole out about $8 billion in scholarships. Are you getting any of it? I'll talk about how you can, and then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. So no question about it, college is expensive. The College Board reports that in 2023, in-state students at a public four-year school will spend close to $11,000 on tuition and fees. That's just for one year and doesn't include room and board. Students at a private four-year college will spend almost $40,000 on tuition and fees alone. With those expenses, it's not surprising that the average student owes close to $30,000 when leaving school. But you don't have to be the average student. Many organizations are willing to help you pay for college through scholarships if you meet their qualifications. My wife, Julie, had her own application assembly line going, and she was able to land $170,000 in scholarship money. Of course, that took a lot of work, but look at it this way. You can either put in the time and effort now applying for scholarships, or you can borrow and work very hard later to pay it back. I'm hoping that you'd rather do the work now, so I'll give you the names of online sources for scholarship money, and we'll put links to them in today's show notes at faithfi.com. So, you ready to get started? Here we go. Our first resource for scholarship money is FastWeb. They host more than 1.5 million scholarships, totaling nearly $3.5 billion. To get started, you create a profile at FastWeb.com. A search feature helps match you to scholarships that meet your individual needs. It also keeps track of where you've applied, a handy feature. Now, the College Board is best known for testing materials, things like the SATs and other exams, but they also want to help you pay for college once you get there. On their site, you can apply for scholarships and internships. They have leads to about 2,200 programs offering nearly $6 billion in college aid every year. Another great site is Niche. 
Com. Like the name implies, they help you find not only money, but also colleges that cater to your specific major and interests. And of course, there's scholarships.com. They have a huge database with more than 3.5 million scholarship and grant opportunities, totaling almost $20 billion. You can browse by category or set up a profile to help you find scholarships specific to your interests. CapEx is another great resource. They have leads on $11 billion in scholarship opportunities. Their site also has a tool to help you calculate the odds of getting into a school of your choice even before you apply. Chegg is also another one. That's C-H-E-G-G. They're best known as an online textbook store, but they can also point you to about 25,000 different scholarships. And they have a top picks of the week feature to help improve your odds of landing one. Now, keep in mind that a lot of these scholarship opportunities are merit-based, meaning the higher your grades, the better your chances of landing that kind of scholarship. But what if you're more athletically inclined? Well, there's a site to help with that. Unigo lets you search for athletic scholarships as well as a wide variety of funding opportunities offered by specific schools and companies. And let's not forget about Peterson's, which is best known as a clearinghouse for information about colleges and universities. They also host about $10 billion in scholarship opportunities. Now, this one's interesting because we usually associate federal aid with borrowing, but the Labor Department sponsors a website called Career One Stop, which allows you to search more than 8,000 scholarships, fellowships, and grants. And that's money you won't have to pay back. One final idea? Check with the financial aid office at whichever schools you apply to. Sometimes they have scholarship money available, too. Okay, so we've thrown a lot of scholarship sites at you, and you probably won't use all of them, but you should definitely try at least a couple. Look for some that you find the easiest to work with or that best match your needs. Many of them will have other features that you might find handy, and again, we'll have links to all of them in today's show notes at faithfi.com. All right, your calls are next, 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. I'm Rob West, and this is Faith and Finance. We'll be right back. We're grateful for support from Guidestone, whose diversified suite of investment solutions align with Christian values to create positive change in the world. More information is available at GuidestoneFunds.com. Investing involves risk, including potential loss of principal. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of Guidestone Funds before investing. They're distributed by Foresight Funds Distributors, LLC, which is not an advisory affiliate, a registered investment advisor, nor do they provide investment advice. My name is Kent, and I'm a member of Christian Healthcare Ministries. I have a friend who actually has great insurance, and she recently had a, a life-threatening experience. And she was laying in the hospital bed afraid, not afraid for her life, but afraid of what her insurance would or would not cover. And as a CHM member, I can honestly say I just never have that fear. I can't tell you the, the peace of mind that provides. Learn more about Christian Healthcare Ministries' biblical cost sharing at chministries.org. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. Let's head back to the phones, Lowell, Indiana. Hi, Rachel. Thanks for calling. Go right ahead. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Um, my question is, in the past, I have um, 
transferred money from one institute. It's an IRA. Um, I've transferred, and it's it's a Roth IRA. I've transferred money from one institution to the other, but I've never had to do the paperwork. The institutions have handled the paperwork. Now I've run across. Oh, yeah. Looks like we lost uh, Rachel there. Let me, uh, hopefully you can still hear us, Rachel, even though uh, the line dropped. Um, you know, the the only way to do a transfer is with a direct rollover. In some cases, the advisor, if you're using an advisor that's receiving that rollover, will fill out that paperwork for you, essentially, uh, to initiate that roller rollover. Often, you will need to do it yourself. So I think the key is, so long as you've established that IRA at the new institution where you want that money to go, then you would just request uh, the rollover paperwork. Uh, basically, you would indicate what that institution's name is and the uh, the routing number and the account number. Uh, it would go back office to back office through what's called the ACAT system, and you know that money would be deposited in the new institution in the account that's already opened that's titled the same way, your name, comma, IRA. Um, and that would just initiate that process. And it's not taxable at that point because you're not taking a distribution. It's just being rolled to a new institution. Whether or not they initiate that and do the paperwork on their end or you do it yourself, it's the same process. So I would just ask, as long as that account's been opened, I would ask your current custodian for assistance with um, completing that. They'll provide you the documentation, either electronic or paper document that you'll complete and then turn that back in and that should initiate. It. So if I understood the question correctly, uh, that should uh, get you going in the right direction. And we appreciate your call today. If uh, there was something else you wanted to know, feel free to give us a call back. Uh, let's see. Uh, the Villages, Florida. Brenda, go right ahead. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Rob, sure. I appreciate Love your program. We you. uh, live in the Villages. We feel like we're on, on a vacation every day. We have 300000 in our 401k. We have 480 in an annuity that's coming up due in the fall. Our mortgage is 50,000 on our home here and at 2.85% interest. We are live on social security and my husband owns farm ground which is about 30,000 a year income from that. And wondered what we should do with that uh, money that's coming due in October. Uh, we do have a financial planner and he's ex- um, kind of talking real estate, but I'm kind of not sure in this situation with our country that's in. Sure. Uh, and the, the portion that's coming due, is that the the annuity or something else? Yes. Yes, the annuity. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. And, and how has that annuity uh, been um, growing? Has that been, is that a fixed annuity or a variable or indexed it's been annuity? A fixed, it's been a okay. fixed at 4%. And we've okay. had it in there for five years. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what is your desire with this money? I mean, are you wanting to keep that in a really stable environment and try to roll it over into I, a new fixed really annuity at higher we're, rates? Well, I'm not really sure what to do with that. We live comfortably. We've always lived below our means. We live comfortably on Social Security and the farm income. I don't yeah. know if we should pay our home off um, just for that security. We're okay every month. We go on vacation. We do what we yeah. want to do. Uh so, so you really haven't been taking anything out of the 700000 between the 401k and the annuity? Yeah, we do. We take 1500 a month out to pay for our house payment, our okay. insurance, taxes, all that that has to okay. do with this house. And so where does I'm that come sure from? We, 
that comes from the 401k. From the 401k. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So, I mean, the good news is even at uh, 300,000, I mean, I would say that, you know, we would ought to be looking at, at taking 4% a year. That'd be a thousand a month. Obviously you're taking more than that. Uh, so you're taking, you know, about what about 6% out. So it's a little higher than I would typically expect, although you've got this annuity that's been growing and you're not touching that. So really in the aggregate, uh, you know, you have, 700,000 and 4% of that would be 28,000. Um, and, and you're certainly not, uh, taking 2,300 a month. So I think you're in a great spot here, uh, because you don't need this money and this money can just continue to grow. And you've got roughly, you know, a little less than half of it at the risk of the market in the 401k, which you could roll out to an IRA. Um, I think if you wanted to stay on the most conservative end of the risk spectrum, you could just do a new fixed annuity. Um, and take advantage of higher rates because they're higher than what, you know, the one that you had that you got five years ago. Um, but I'd probably sit with an advisor who can look at all of this. I mean, you're in a great spot here, Brenda, with plenty of assets. You've got good income that's, you know, you can depend on. You guys are living modestly. It sounds like you're just enjoying not only where you live, but doing some traveling. That's great. Um, but I think as you lean into this with an advisor, what you could do would be one of two things. You could just take this money, pay off the mortgage, which further reduces your expenses, and then just invest the whole thing. You could roll that annuity that's coming due into the IRA if that's pre-tax money, um, and then roll the 401k out so you'd have a new you know, one portfolio with 650000 um, after you paid off the house, or you could roll that, you know, annuity portion into another annuity at a little bit higher fixed rate without any risk, and then, you know, just continue drawing from the 401k, which I would probably roll out to an IRA. But I think in either case, I'd get some wise counsel from an advisor who could look at the whole thing, advise you on that new annuity if that's what you want, or take responsibility for the whole thing and manage the six. 50 after you pay off the house. Does that make sense? It does. I appreciate that. And so at our age of, I've always lived below our means and I'm like, I, you know, I'm planning on living until we're 90. I've had cancer twice and the Lord sure. blessed us and yeah. I'm living until I'm 90. So okay. <laughs> I want to make sure, is that going to be enough money for us to live and live like we've always been used to just doing what yeah. we want? Well, is the farm income passive income, or does that take some effort on your husband's part to keep that going? No. Okay. So basically, you all have, for you know, for the most part, you have guaranteed income that's covering more than your lifestyle. So if you were to say, Rob, if, if our income is covered, what would your expenses be? What would you need to pull from the 401k at that point if the mortgage was gone? If the mortgage was gone? I'd, yeah. I'd, not very much. I mean, okay. you know, with... Social Security and the farm income. You're pretty the much mortgage, there. We'd be we'd be good. Okay, so then you're then you're saying, well, my bills are covered. We we are living modestly, but within our lifestyle that we feel like God has called us to. We're traveling and enjoying life, and on top of that, we've got six hundred fifty thousand that we don't need. Is that going to last us the rest of our lives? Absolutely. I mean, ultimately, our trust is in the Lord. Could it all be reduced to rubble? Yes. Uh, you know, but at the same time, you've done everything you can possibly do, and you've got plenty of assets way beyond what your need is. So yeah, you guys are in great 
shape. So I think if it were me, I'd probably uh, certainly pay off the mortgage and get your expenses down, you know, where your passive farm income plus Social Security covers everything. And then I would either turn the 650 over to an advisor to manage very conservatively, or I'd roll that into a new fixed annuity if that gives you more peace of mind and then consider uh, an advisor managing the 401k. But yeah, you're in great shape. All right. And the fixed annuity, is that is five years like a, a minimum thing or is there different ones? I mean, yeah, we, there, we there is different. We're still working. Right. No, I think that's probably the right length and there are different lengths, but I think, you know, that would be typical. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Absolutely. And Brenda, if you need an advisor, you can head to our website, faithfi.com and click find a CKA. Thanks for calling today. I'm Rob West. You're listening to Faith and Finance, and we'll have more of your calls and questions on the other side of this break. We'll be right back. Have you downloaded the FaithFi app yet? You need to do that today because this is going to make your life easier. Yes, you can manage your money through the in-app envelope feature. But also, plan out future goals. I want to buy a house in five years, and I'm on track to do that. Here's also what I like. You can connect with people around the country. It's like social media, but better. Ask a question, get an answer, and share what you're learning about money and investing. So why don't you grab your phone right now and download the FaithFi app? We are grateful for support from Praxis Mutual Funds. Praxis Mutual Funds has seven impact strategies that are designed to create positive real-world change. More information is available at PraxisMutualFunds.com. The fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses are contained in the prospectus and summary prospectus. This and other information is available at PraxisMutualFunds.com. Investments involve risk. Principal loss is possible. Foreside Fund Services, LLC. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West, and we're here to serve you and your financial questions, trying to bring you a biblical perspective of money, relying on the counsel of Scripture, the wisdom, the principles to apply to your financial decisions today. And we know you all have them. I certainly do. And uh, we want to do that together. So we've got some lines open with whatever you're thinking about today at 800-525-7000. Feel free to give us a call. Let's head to Miami, Florida, south to Joyce. Hi, Joyce. Go right ahead. Thanks for taking my call. I want to put about 2,000 in I-bonds. I wanted to know what are the downfalls and how long you think I should keep it in for a year or two. Yeah, it's a good question, Joyce. Um, tell me about this $2,000. Kind of how does this fit into your overall financial picture? And, and more specifically, do you have separate from this uh, an emergency savings account? Yes, yes. Okay. I'm, I'm 74 years old, but instead of purchasing life, more life insurance, I want to, to this, that money to be like a subsidized for my daughter, you know, that I want to put in a financial bondage. So okay. I, I was thinking that was would have been a good thing to do. I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing with I-bonds is they're, they're very attractive right now. They were incredibly attractive late last year when they were paying 9.62%. They're still attractive right now at 6.8%. And the nice thing is that you'll know that this money will always, you know, offset the inflation. Um, but that rate is not going to be as attractive down the road. So if this is money that you'd like to grow, you know, over the next 
10 years for your daughter because the Lord's not finished with you yet, and he's going to tarry, and you're in good health, and uh, you you still have some work to do here on uh, this side of heaven, then, you know, we might be able to grow this money a little uh, faster or at least, uh, you know, see more growth over time uh, if you were to invest it. Now, with that, you're taking more risk. So with a greater return, we have a greater amount of risk. And so if you said to me, Rob, I just want to maximize the return I can get on this, but I want to be very safe. I, I really don't want to take any risk with it. Well, I-bonds would be one way to go because, um, you know, the rate is is very good right now at 6.8. You'd get that. Let's say you put it in tomorrow, and it'd take a little longer than that to get it all set up and funded. But let's say tomorrow you put it in. For the next six months, you'd get six months worth of two of 6.8%. Um, you know, that's an annualized return and you'd get six months of that. And then at the end of the six months, you'll get the new rate and we won't know what that is until May, but I can tell you it's going to be lower than 6.8. It'll still be fairly attractive and it will probably keep coming down because the Federal Reserve has indicated they're laser focused on getting inflation back down as close to their 2% target as possible. So as inflation falls, the rate on these I-bonds will fall. So I think it could be attractive for the next year, maybe two years. But after that, it's probably not going to be something terribly exciting. And so the question is, should you go ahead and just take the two years worth of the I-bonds rates? And you could, and it would be very safe because it's backed by the full faith and credit of the United States government. Or would it be better to take that 2000 and drop it into a high-quality mutual fund while the stock market is down and, you know, let that grow over the next 10 years? Uh, and then maybe have something a little bit more you know, in the way of return, even though you're taking more risk, which sounds like it's more of what you're looking for. I, I think I will go with the I-bond for, for the okay. two years. Two okay. years. Yeah, um, that's fine. So do you, are you comfortable using the internet, Joyce? Um, no, but my daughter is going to help me. <laughs> okay, very good. So you'll want to sit with her and go to Treasury Direct. .gov. That's the only website you can buy them. The only way you can buy them is electronically, unless you're doing it through a tax refund. So you'll set up an account, or she can for you, at treasurydirect.gov. Uh, you will connect another account electronically, like a savings or a checking account, wherever this 2000 is coming from. You can name her as the beneficiary. So if God were to call you home before her, she'd automatically get the money outside of probate. And then you'd transfer the money in. That would purchase the electronic bonds. And then uh, you could pull it out anytime after a year. Now, if you pull it out in less than five years, you're going to pay a small penalty of just three months worth of interest. But any any time after a year, you can get the money back, okay? Okay. All right. That's all. Right. That's all. Thank you. Thank okay. God you bless you, Joyce. Well, thank you. you. And thank, thank you for your kind remarks at the beginning of the segment here. We appreciate what you said. All right. Let's stay in Florida. Hi, Dawn. How can I help you? Hi. Thank you for taking my call. I enjoy sure. your radio station so much. Well, thank you. Well, my question is, I will be 62 this year. My husband is 63, so there's a year apart. Can I file for my Social Security at 62 and switch to spousal benefits later? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, so your spousal benefit could continue to grow. And once your husband starts to claim benefits, then you'd be able to switch to spousal benefits and you'd be able to take the higher of the two. All, you know, you certainly couldn't earn both. But yeah, you could start taking yours and then switch to his down the road. 
Okay. I called Social Security because, like I said, this is all new to me, and I just wanted to see what would be the best solution. Now, they said you used to be able to do that, but you can't. They She quoted 2016 was the year when they changed it. Now, well, I, I certainly don't like the idea of contradicting the Social Security system. So you, I would call back and talk to somebody else. My understanding is that, uh, that uh, based on the latest rules and regs, is that as long as your spouse is not receiving retirement benefits, you can claim yours at 62 and then make the switch once your husband begins to file Um you know, you will get the higher of the two. If your spouse is already getting Social Security benefits, then you, uh, you know, under that rule, you don't have a choice whether to wait and switch. But he's not claiming his, so uh, you, according to my understanding, you should be able to down the road. Well, yes, and like I said, I did do my research, and that's what I found out, and then I thought, okay, just to make sure, I'll call Social Security. So, yeah, Bob, I thought what you're thinking, yeah, I could, but so... Yeah. yeah. I, so I, I guess what I would uh, what I would do is call back and just see if you can clarify that, uh, because there are you know exceptions and so forth, and I, I certainly wouldn't want you to make a decision based on faulty information. So I'd probably maybe set up an, an in person or a virtual meeting, or at least get somebody on the phone and just say, "Here's my understanding. You know, based on the fact that my husband is not taking benefits." Uh, I have the ability to take mine now and then switch to his later and take the higher of the two. Can you explain to me why that's not the case? And what they may say is, no, you misunderstood or somebody misspoke and you're covered there. But I'd follow up and see if you could clarify that because what you're describing is not does not align with what uh, my understanding is. Thanks very much for calling today, Dawn. We appreciate you being a part of the program. Let us know how it turns out. I'd be interested in knowing kind of where you land on this. Well, once again, our time went by way too fast, but tune in next time and we'll do it all over again. Before we go, I'd like to thank our incredible production team, Amy, Devin, Jim, Robert, Brandy, Rob, and Ben. Couldn't do it without them. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you again next time for another edition of Faith and Finance. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.